All right, hey, next, Shane, I, I don't want to hold this off any longer here. We got a terrific interview with uh, Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times. Went on a little deep dive here with uh, Dan Mullen and the State of the Gators. Obviously, the hottest topic here in the SEC, will Dan Mullen return? And Matt, not 100% sure, just like the rest of us. So let's kick it over to our interview with Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times. All right, we're pleased to be joined by Matt Baker, and he is – a vote a reporter, excuse me, for the Tampa Bay Times. He votes in the AP Top 25 poll and the Heisman Trophy poll. He's a Heisman voter there, and he covers Florida and Florida State. And he's a must-follow at M Baker TB Times on Twitter. Matt, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Sure, thanks for having me on. Yeah, and you just over there at the Tampa Bay Times, you just put out an article, very interesting on the fact that uh, we all know that if Dan Mullen is, in fact, going to return next season, he's going to have to do it with a reworked staff. How does that kind of play out based on the uh, the research that you've done at a lot of big-time programs that have kind of faced similar situations? Yeah, I was curious, you know, first of all, I, I don't know that Mullen will be back, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm I don't think anybody has a great idea right now. If I had to guess, I would lean toward no, but I also don't know that it's decided yet either. So I think the next couple of weeks will really go, uh, certainly have a role in, in what happens. But I just wanted to look and see if Dan is indeed the coach for the Gators next year. Obviously, he's, he fired defensive coordinator Todd Grantham and his offensive line coach, John Hevesy. So there's a, some sort of a shakeup that would happen, depending, and you know, who knows what else would happen either. Um, so I just wanted to look at some historical comps to see, like, what are the odds that actually works? Because in my head, it seems like most of the time it does. Um, there are some success stories. A lot of Florida fans have pointed to, to Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, who went through a 4-8 you know, and eight season, fired a defensive coordinator, changed half the staff, and then back, they win 10 games, and they make the playoff twice in three years. And we know we'll make it again this year. Um, uh, Michigan this past off season uh, did had a bunch of sh- uh, staff shakeups. They they uh, went younger overall on staff. I think just about every I think is under forty five or something like that. And you know, obviously right now as we sit there in the playoff picture, but there's a lot of negatives as well, right? Ron Zoden and Will Muschamp changed coordinators before the last season. Charlie Strong, Tom Herman at Texas made a bunch of uh, shakeups before their last season didn't work. USC changed coordinators uh, into the you know going into the final two years of Clay Helton that didn't work so yeah, it looks to me like this is not a you know if, if the Gators are looking to say okay what are the odds Dan Mullen and if he, we give him a year five what are the odds that works out with this new staff that whatever it's going to be I would lean toward it's more likely that it does not work out and they turn around than that it does. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the, the Gators traveling to Missouri this weekend. That may not even be uh, you know that, that big of a topic right now in Gainesville because it's just so Dan Mullen-centric in the future there. But, you know, of course, if you think a, to last season, this was the Darth Vader game. This was the – there was yeah. the brawl last season. And, you know, both coaches are saying the right things this week. Let's hope there's no animosity that, that bleeds over to this game. But – I'm not even talking about the animosity. I'm thinking more of Missouri, you know, being kind of disrespected in that game. Now they're fighting for their bowl lives. If they can beat the Florida Gators, they punch their ticket to the postseason. 
How dangerous of a matchup do you think this is for the Gators, taking all that into consideration and considering just how they basically no-showed for half the game against Sanford? I think this is a very dangerous matchup. Let's be real. Uh, If Florida had trouble beating Sanford and they couldn't beat South Carolina, I mean, it's it's always kind of risky to like start looking at transitive property, right? Who who did you lose to, and and who did they beat, and all that stuff? But look, uh, um, Florida or excuse me, Missouri just beat the South Carolina team that stumped the Gators a couple weeks ago. So if you go by that, it, it certainly is, is a possibility. Um, Missouri can run the ball pretty decently, and it certainly has here lately. Florida can't stop the run at all. So I think this is a very dangerous matchup for the Gators. I mean, if they struggled in the first half, literally the the worst first half defensively in the history of the Gators program, if they did that against Sanford, what are they going to do against you know Eli Drinkwitz, who I think is a, a very competent head coach and, and uh, you know a good good running back there as well. So I I look at that and see I I, I see trouble, and I certainly see trouble the next week, even if Florida does beat Missouri. I, I look ahead to the Florida State game, and I see all sorts of warning warning uh, signs going off for the Gators. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, Matt, I've been doing this long enough. None of these coaching firings and hirings, none of it really surprises me anymore. But I'm sitting here scratching my head trying to think of a coach that has taken such a perception hit as, a, as Dan Mullen has in the last 12 months because I considered him one of the best coaches in all of college football and yet this season, it's it's far more often seems like he's being outcoached or his team's making so many mistakes. Can you recall a coach that uh, has taken a perception hit this quickly in, in roughly you know twelve month span? Not off the top of my head, to be honest with you. I mean, Ed Orgeron and Gene Chizik had very spectacular falls from from higher highs to arguably lower lows or comparable lows, mm-hmm. um, but that played out a little bit longer and there were questions about both of them heading into, you know, and I think, I think a lot of people realized that they kind of caught lightning in a bottle with, with, uh, with Cam and then with, with uh, the, the Joes um, at LSU. This is, this is different because Dan had a track record, right? He did a fantastic job at Mississippi state second winning as coach in the history of that program. No, they did not win championships and all that stuff, but look, you have to look at, what he did where he was and he had one of the most you know the best runs in mississippi state history took him to number one in the country for goodness sakes so that that was a remarkable job and he he earned all the respect that he got from that and his first two seasons and what three quarters or two-thirds of his third season in gainesville he did he did well I mean, look, he went to two New Year's Six Bowls and, and won those in the first two years, 21 wins. Then things look like they're going the right way in, in year three as well and, until the LSU game. And then it was just one thing after another after another. Um, obviously, the on-field stuff it was was most problematic with the, you know, literally the, the worst defense since at least World War II uh, that they had last year and things not getting much better this year, in some cases re- regressing. You look at some of the head scratching losses and really just the last couple of weeks. Like you can you can go through just about all of Mullen's losses at Florida and kind of rationalize it one way or another. Oh, you know, they were close with Alabama both times. And you know, you, the uh, LSU, yeah, they lost on a on a guy throwing a shoe in a fifty yard field goal. Like mm-hmm. boy, that's that's kind of fluky. 
and and the the block kick against Kentucky and, and you know they lost to a great uh, Georgia team that's destroying everybody because they they collapsed in the last three minutes of the first half, and then you get to South Carolina. There's no excuse for that. None. Zero. A, a first year coach at a middling SEC East program led by a third string quarterback. There's no excuse for that. Zero. And then you look at the first half against Sanford, and you know Dan wanted to kind of. Uh, tout how the Gators came back from, from the 42-28 to 28 deficit and outscored them 42-10 the rest of the way, and hey, uh, good on them, I, I guess. But that, that first half was awful, and there's no excuse for it. Zero, none. And so I'm, I'm like you. I've, I've been trying to put to kind of contextualize this whole thing and how quickly it all fell apart. Like I've been trying to point to a moment or – a decision or something like that. But look, a, a program of Florida's caliber does not get to be this bad based on one thing. It's a confluence of events and decisions you know, and recruiting and who they made us, uh, you know, who, who they hired on their staff and kept on their staff and game day decisions and all that stuff that combine to have them where they are right now, where a coach that, you know, like you said, a lot of people, myself included, considered to be one of the best in the game is now fighting for his job heading into the final two two weeks, if, if that's even the, the right way to put it. Mm-hmm. Beyond the, the question of whether Dan Mullen, you know, whether he's let go or whether he returns, in my opinion, I, I'm just curious to know what you think. Considering the struggles of Miami and Florida State in recent seasons, is Dan Mullen's greatest failure the fact that he did not get more momentum in that state? Because I'm, I'm sitting here wondering – why the Gators just don't dominate, you know, in recruiting and, and just, uh, like I said, I mean, Florida State and Miami are, are kind of in shambles, whereas he's got, I think, three top ten finishes on the field at least, and, and there just doesn't seem to be any momentum from that. There's, there's a lot of things that have gone wrong here, uh, and that's one of them. And really, look, if I'm coming up with a list of why Florida's in this situation, recruiting is at or near the top of it. Absolutely. There's no question. I mean, I looked at the Georgia game, you know, to some degree, Alabama as well, but Georgia in particular looked like a team with a bunch of five stars playing a team with a bunch of three and four stars. Cause lo and behold, that's what it was. And you can kind of look at the way, excuse me, that Mullen recruited the first couple of years. They weren't terrible, but it wasn't great either. Mm-hmm. You kind of kept looking and waiting for a breakthrough with recruiting and it didn't come. And it hasn't come. You know, as we sit here today, you know, Florida's got the number 23 class in, in 2022. Uh, 13 commits, seven of them are four stars, six are three stars. That's behind Florida State. Florida State right now has a, a 13 class, two five stars, including Travis Hunter, who is the best prospect in the country or one of them. That I, I don't understand it. It's not like... You know, Florida, I think Florida fans think that when the uh, their the new uh, football training center opens here next year, that's going to be a big boost in recruiting. And, and yeah, I, th- I think it, it might be. But Florida State doesn't have anything like that. Florida State's facilities, by and large, are not as good as what the Gators have. So you can look at Florida's recruiting situation and maybe you blame it on facilities, but that's not stopping Mike Norvell at Florida State. You know, Norvell was behind the eight ball just in terms of, uh, you know, he's an outsider. He's not from the state of Florida. It's not like he had a ton of contacts. And then early in his tenure, COVID hits. He can't do any, you know, obviously recruiting gets shut down. So kind of his plans to go out and see and be seen, that can't happen. 
it's not like Dan's in that situation. So why is Florida State having a better class right now than the Gators? That, to me, is one of the most damning indictments here, where, like you said, the state of Florida, I mean, this is probably the worst year the state has had since Miami and Florida State started to become Miami and Florida State. Mm-hmm. And the Gators should have been in position to capitalize that, on that in recruiting, and they haven't. And that's an indictment on the staff and, and what they've done, or more accurately, what they have not done. you have any idea who Dan Mullen may be looking at to be his next defensive coordinator, or, or is that something that he's probably not even pursued too heavily at this point? I, I'm sure he has a list. He, he always does. All, all coaches do. And I mean, I, I think he at least had to think about getting rid of Todd Grantham at the end of last year. But look, let's, and I, that's, that's a, a very good question. And I, I presume that should be something that the Gators brass thinks about as they figure out whether Dan deserves a fifth year, but he's got to get to the point where he's in position to hire a defensive coordinator, right? Like, and I don't know that he is. Um, you look at you look at what's happened the last couple of weeks. You know there are rumblings that obviously the program has not clicked at the level it needs to, right? I mean he, the expectation is to compete for championships, and he has not he has not done that. Um, I mean I, I shouldn't say that because he he did get them six points away from Bama, but he hasn't clicked at an elite elite level yet. And some people have been unhappy, certainly with some of the stuff he did on the field and off the field last year. Um, NCAA uh, probation and penalties, that did not help. So there were rumblings that if he lost to LSU, that'd be hard for him to come back from. And he did. Mm-hmm. And then he gets destroyed by Georgia. And I remember thinking, ooh, I don't know if it comes back from this. And then he loses at South Carolina by 23. And I remember thinking, ooh, ooh I, I, I don't know how he comes back from this. And then he gives up 42 points at home to Sanford. And I remember thinking, ooh, I don't know how he comes back from this. So that's four games in a row that you're like, this is, this is not good. This is not good. This is not good. This is not good. And that's kind of where he is right now. So it, it's, it's a good question in terms of who might he hire as defensive coordinator. Um, I mean, shoot, Manny Diaz in the state might be looking for a job here in a couple of weeks for all we know. And he, he worked with, with, uh, with Dan at Mississippi State. So mm-hmm. there's going to be options available. Um, and I think Florida would be able to get a good one. I mean, I understand the the concern some Gator fans have in terms of what great defensive coordinator would want to hitch your wagon to an embattled head coach, but Florida will pay up. These, these things always work out. They're not going to get somebody, you know, some schmuck off the street. They will get a good coach if that's the way it works out. But that is a very big if right now. Any idea what Anthony Richardson will do? And, and if uh, I have no idea if he's a big Dan Mullen fan or not, but uh, Dan Mullen's fate does that help or, or hurt the Gators when it comes to, to retaining Anthony Richardson? I'm not sure if it helps or hurts. It would depend on who the new coach is. I mean, Anthony is a Gainesville guy. He, he, you know, he went to high school in Gainesville. The Gator brand, that school, that means something to him. And I think that's something that probably goes beyond who the head coach is. Mm-hmm. Now, that said, uh, Dan has a track record in producing quarterbacks and, and developing them into elite guys, you know, we don't have to go through all the list, the, the Dax and Alex Smith and Tim Tebow and getting Kyle Trask to, to the Heisman uh, mm-hmm. ceremony, all that stuff. He's done a fantastic job over his career, and, I, and I'm sure Anthony Richardson knows that, and that's the reason why he wanted to come. But I think it would just depend on what happens next if, if the Gators do go in a different direction. Um, I would expect 
again, we're, we're just talking ifs here, but I would expect the Gators' next coach, whenever that happens, to be an offensive guy. Uh, I think Florida's learned that after the, the Will Muschamp debacle. They, they need offense. That's the way they're going to have to win. So we would see what happens with that. But, yeah, that's, Anthony Richardson's fate is one of the many unanswered questions we have right now circling around the Gators, uh, starting with Dan and working all the way down. All right, Matt, I really appreciate all your time. I just got one quick question for you. I noted you're a Heisman voter there, and I know the rules you're not allowed to say who you're going to vote for, so I'm not asking you that. But is this the toughest year you can recall trying to figure out who's going to win the Heisman? And and is there a candidate or two that you may be leaning towards, or, or are you still kind of waiting for the full season to play out? I'm waiting for the full season to play out, and that's not me trying to be political. That That's just the, the God's honest truth. I mean, I vote for – I'm a member of the Football Writers Association of America, so they have an All-American team, and mm-hmm. there's all sorts of awards. And I, you know, before we, I hopped on here, I, I filled out a couple of ballots for, for various awards. It makes me sound way more important than I am, but that's, <laughs> um, that, that's what I, I've been spending some of the afternoon on. And I don't like doing it now because I, the season's not over. Right. Like. I don't know whether I think in my heart of hearts, Kenny Pickett had a better season this year than CJ Stroud or, or Bryce Young. The season's not over. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens here. Um, I don't know whether I think Kenneth Walker deserves to be on the Heisman ballot over the Kobe Dean or, or Jordan Davis or Anderson at, at, at Bamba. I don't know yet. It hasn't happened. So when I watch the season, I'm always kind of thinking in the back of my head, who am I going to vote for Heisman? Because it's, it's something I take seriously. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a cool responsibility. I mean, <laughs> I got married, uh, it'll be 10 years ago next month, and the groom's cake at my wedding was the Heisman Trophy. It was shaped like the Heisman. Oh, that's so, awesome. <laughs> it, it was. It was fantastic. It was chocolate milk. It was delicious. Um, <laughs> so to, to have this, this, uh, you know, this um, responsibility is one I take seriously. So I, as I'm watching the season, I, I kind of – taking mental notes in my head. And then what I'll do is the Monday after the um, conference championship games, I come up with a short list. Like I, I tell my boss, don't bug me. This is what I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. Um, I come up with a short list, eight to 12, 15 names, depending on the year. And I will go through one by one. And this guy, eh, let's, let's, look, let's look at the numbers. Let's dive in. How to do in the big games, how to do in the blowout, look at the highlights, all that stuff to come up with, you know, what, who I think is the top three. And then, I'll, uh, once the, the winner is announced on that Saturday night, I'll publish my explainer on tampabay.com so people can see why. Even if they disagree with me, they can at least understand why I made the decision I made. Because I've made some that, that people didn't agree with. I mean, in 2015, I had Dalvin Cook, number one, from Florida State. Hmm. I watched him, Derek Henry, and Leonard Fournette beat a, you know, all play a very good Gators defense in like back-to-back-to-back weeks. Of the three, I thought Dalvin Cook was the best. Um, so I'm, I'm fine going against the grain, but, uh, I, I just have to, I want to make sure that you understand why I did what I did, even if you disagree. All right. He's Matt Baker, Tampa Bay times reporter. And again, his Twitter handle at M Baker TB times, Matt, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for having me. All right, Shane. So I just want to say thanks again to Matt for joining the show. Really appreciate him giving us uh, all the time he did and and giving us some insight into them Florida Gators.